Welcome to another episode of Hip Hop Social Worker. I am Christopher Scott, your host. And today I have a special guest in the building, my man Michael Waller. Go ahead and say what's up to the people, Mike. Hey, what's going on, world? What's going on? And uh, Mike is a, a co-worker of mine now, but I met him back in college. And he has a he had an interesting path to the social work game. He just got into uh, grad school, starts in the fall. So, I mean, congratulations to that. You know? Appreciate it. I appreciate it. And you're going to see some cold shit, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> by somebody who was who's already been, been through it. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be an exhausting three years. Not because of the work, because you already know the lingo. Right. But just because of, like, well, maybe the amount of work and, like, having to collaborate with people and doing those internships. Because, man, like, I had to work full time. And do internship. It's a different grind. That was, that was hard. <laughs> that, that was tough. But uh, yeah, so no, so Mike's in social work. So, uh, just tell them a little about yourself, Mr. Waller. Uh, you know, uh, I lived the majority of my life in Portland. Um, went to Tubman Middle School and went out to Grand High School, mm-hmm. um, and then went out to Western Oregon, and um, you know. Now uh, it's kind of been a while since I've been back in school, but I figure it's the right time to to do it. So I'll be yeah, I'll be doing the you know the whole social work um, master's program this fall. Um, outside of that, you know, most people that you know know me know I've been in the, the acting and modeling game. You know, my little side hustle, but mm-hmm. the, you know, my main main thing is this you know this education. You know, and really trying to. Uh, you know, get myself right, put myself in a position where I have a um, a platform to make a greater impact. So that's what's up. So, how did you transition from? F- first of all, when you got Western, what, what was like your plan to uh, like 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 in like man, ten years, I'm about to be doing this. Like, what was your what was your plan? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I remember because uh, the scholarship and stuff that I had was for uh, football and track, and you know sports just didn't it didn't work out due to the injuries. I mean track, you know it was it was cool, but when I got there, you know I was into like you know art, and I got into the whole uh, that 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 uh, program, but just the art area. Mm-hmm. But then I started getting into like uh, psychology. Mm-hmm. I was very interested in just how the, the the human brain works and just kind of uh, all these different theories of how the um, how human beings, you know, operate. Uh, once I started getting into that, it was just kind of, it, it led me to a different um, lane. You know, I started like really looking at, um, it was it was just one particular class. It was, uh, I want to say it was a uh, it was like uh, it was some gender class, and uh, it really touched on just how you know we interact with each other, and you know that led me to a different path down sociology. And then once I found out uh, I got I got injured my sophomore year, and I just kind of took a took a step took a step back, and I started yeah. thinking like I gotta have a plan B. Mm-hmm. You know what's gonna be my plan B, man? If this this sports stuff don't work out. Um, and so right off the bat, I started thinking like, you know, man, I actually like, you know, working with, you know, kids and youth and um, maybe I can find my niche, you know, doing some stuff. I just didn't know how, though, and in what capacity. Yeah. Um, so essentially, man, 
talked to one of these professors, man, we had a great, great conversation. And he said, based off the conversation we had, he's like, man, it sounds like you would be really good in the, the criminal justice, you know, system doing some social sciences, sociology stuff. And so, um, you know, I did end up picking up social sciences with, um, um, a study of uh, sociology and community crime prevention, and so um, outside of that, man, I still I still didn't know where I, I kind of wanted to be. You know, I, I was like, man, maybe I want to have like my own community center. You know, maybe I'd be a teacher, maybe I'd be a counselor. I, I just wasn't sure yet. Mm-hmm. And right in that same nick of time, I got um, I started doing some theater, and um, the play took off and it went so well. You know, had some folks talking to me afterward and saying that, man, I could really do some things with it. Um, and then right at, also around that same time, I did a, a little, a little, a little photo shoot for my guy and, um, he was getting hit up about that. And so I was like, Whoa, this is kind of like bringing me to a different lane. It's taking yeah. me to a different lane. Okay. And so that, that <laughs> I forgot about all my, my educational stuff, man. I started getting into this acting stuff, like real heavy, um, and, you know, while I did that, you know, long story short, um, end up, you know, after I left Western, um, end up moving down to L.A. And, you know, I did that for a while, but I ended up getting a call about an opportunity to work at um, a middle school. And uh, it just it was almost like too good to be true. And I also feel like it was just like a perfect, perfect opportunity, man, to start, you know, getting some some security when it comes to, you know, your financial yeah. means and stuff. And um back to Portland, man. I start working at uh, Mount Tamer Middle School, and um, everything else is, is history. Okay, so that was like your uh, your transition was from like you went sports, dabbled in that like like the modeling and acting and that kind yeah. of stuff, and then you uh, found your niche at Mount Tabor Middle School. Yeah, like one thing I, I noticed is that there's always everyone has like something about uh, like a dream. You yeah. know, and I felt like for me to accomplish what I accomplished within like acting and modeling, that was like, you know, hey, okay, that was a dream. But man, the passion ended up being that, well, I, I really want to work with youth. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it, it just became something that just, just happened. Yeah. You know, firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I believe that too, man. Uh, yeah, I feel you on that one. So, uh, have you ever worked like in residential? Like residential homes? Yeah. Yes, I have, sir. <laughs> All right. I, about, yeah, I, 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 I got to give you that because like, I feel like every social worker should <laughs> you do pay that. your dues. You got to <laughs> pay your dues, and I will not do that again. That was uh, it was it was a humbling experience, and uh, I definitely have major respect for people who have done it before me, people that's going to be doing it after me. Yeah, for real. Um, because it's it's very, very needed, man. Um, it's real. And, um, yeah, it, it definitely tested me in ways that I just never thought um, I would be tested in, so... Okay, so um, shit, what was I about to say? Did you ever think about like in in like to in like parole or probation, some anything like that, or would you just like strictly like I'm working in schools? Shit, man, I thought about that. Um, and it, <laughs> I went to um, I went on some you know some tours of some facilities, man, and mm-hmm. I remember going to um, you know, the Oregon State Penitentiary, and I'm just really just kind of doing my homework and research. And, um, and, and I was talking about it like an internship and really trying to job shadow some, some folks. Yeah. And, uh, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, okay. I seen, I seen some wild shit, man. And, um, it, it, it dawned on me that, you know what, these are, excuse me, these are 
some of the kids and some youth and folks that I've seen mm-hmm. who are already kind of transitioned within the system. Yeah. And then I, I just started thinking, I was like, man, can we be a little bit more proactive? And if I can get kids before they go to the system, okay. that would really help. I, I felt like that would really help, you know, just different communities out. And it just kind of go back to what I, I learned in college, you know, like with one of the, um, the, the studies I had was community crime prevention. So how do you prevent you know, as opposed to saying like, okay, yeah, we're going to, you know, wait till they go through the system. And we already know once they go through the system, sometimes they're never really rehabilitated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, I, I didn't want, I didn't want that struggle. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what, man, I, I kind of want to, maybe this education, like the real, you know, the school route will really try to help. Because any any youth that you may see in the the system somehow whether you feel like the school failed them, yeah. something happened yeah. where it just didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? And so, um, you know, if I can, if I can try to implement uh, these these things in the schools, you know, maybe we can we can get on them early. I feel that. What kind of uh, so uh, you know, like having our conversations, you know, what I'm saying like you have like many, you have many things that like influence how you. Um, you know how you deliver the information to the students, but I want like I like want to actually share that. You know, what, I'm what kind of what kind of things do you are like? What kind of things influence your practice? Great question. Um, and, and I was actually having a conversation um, with my grandma about this. About everyone who you know do the work that we do, we find different unique ways of like working with these kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of us, you know, we have the the lingo verbiage, the yeah. terminology down. You know what I mean? And some <laughs> of us, man, really are just really relationship oriented. We're we're great at just we're like magnet for these kids. Yeah. And um and for me, really, man, it came down. It just come down to like my own personal experience. My personal experience just like it just bleeds out like mm-hmm. and for me it gives me pers- perspective if if i'm if i'm going to be in a in a community sense of a school and i want to build community and that means that you know working with those who are having you know some troubles and you know finding ways to try to navigate school yeah i just it's some way somehow i have yet to be able to explain it man but i've, I've been able to just connect and that that word right there being able to connect um i don't i don't believe you need a license mm-hmm. to to learn how to you know connect with our youth and our young folks our people in general like some people really have a hard time connecting especially if you ain't you know <laughs> been prepped so yeah. so if you if you be put in a position where you know they say hey, all right go out there and be somebody <laughs> yeah. go out there and go on a fireman and, and and build relationships and and get our youth to believe like you can't sit back like oh, I, I need like a week. I need to really sit back like yeah, you, and prep. You, you would never do it, right? So for me, <laughs> I just I just go out there and do it, and yeah. really it's just authentic and really trying to, uh, you, you know, it goes back to that passion. If you're passionate about it, it'll come easier. Not saying it's easy, but it'll come easier in trying to navigate and man and reach our youth. And so for me, really, man, it's just I'm so relationship oriented, man. I feel like. With anyone, if you build a relationship and you build trust and you build a best interest and they and, and, and the youth, they believe in you. Once they trust you and they believe that you have you see hope in them and you believe in them that they could reach their potential. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, it's the sky is the limit. Like it's not even the sky. Like, I mean, there's so many ways, man, you can, you know, 
push them in a direction. And I'm not saying that every situation um, works out, yeah. but at least you have planted a seed in that particular kid to say, you know what? I had somebody, man, that really did believe in me and I should have, you know, listened. But, you know, we know we know life happens. That's true. And especially like, um, you know, like I used to work in, 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 in the juvenile justice field. And, um, you know, I say this like over and over again. It's like, you know, we have these expectations when these, when these youth leave, but we put them back in the same community. I commend you for that too, for yeah. working in a, that system. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was interesting. It was definitely, um, there were some people that I, that I thought I wouldn't like that I ended up like, like loving, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, as far as like, you know, like ideologically, like we wouldn't be on the same page, but like, because we had a goal to help the youth, you know? Right. So like deep down at, at the core, you know, like we knew why we were there. So there's people like there like who was who who wouldn't see the world that I like I see it, but because yeah the common goal you know what I'm saying right. so so elmized in that regard um, and it really like I really I really was able to like test my patience because <laughs> that word man patience but man you gotta have patience with the staff and you gotta have patience with the system in general and Absolutely. you gotta have patience with you know the youth so but th- but they was but they was usually the easier part you know absolutely. Uh, so, like, how do you gauge success in your practice? How do I gauge success? Yeah, like, what keeps like, you, like, not, like, man, fuck, this kid ain't gonna get it. I'm just, you know, like, what, what keeps you trying? That's, that's another good question. Um, and I think this is something that uh, I, I think as a professional and as an educator, um, you know, I care so much that that can be my downfall because sometimes you end up finding yourself working harder than our kids. Yes. And, you know, once you start learning more of this, the the system, man, it'll it'll drive you out, man, to where, you know, you will just start self-excluding yourself. And, you know, we know that with this work, man, in regards to patience and really trying to, you know, keep your sanity. Um, I recently, man, really start trying to you know when i when i really meet and interact with the my kids man i let them know you know i'm I'm always going to be with them 100 and you know push as hard as i can but i also got to see them pushing as well mm-hmm. um you know that that saying of you know you can't you know make everybody happy <laughs> yeah. it's definitely it's definitely true but it doesn't mean that you don't you know you don't try you just gotta definitely notice when to stop trying um but for the most part, I feel like from from my experience, most of the kids that, you know, do try, mm-hmm. um, it's just a sense, man. I think it's that little inner intuition where, you know, you just got to have a feeling. And that means based off the relationship that you have, you know, something something should pop up. You know, whether it's that is that little bright light that pops up like ding, like, hey, like, let's, let's keep pushing for this kid. Let's keep pushing. And then, you know, some, man, maybe they... Maybe he is just hard headed. <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember mom used to tell me, you know, hard is make it soft ass. And so yeah. sometimes it's that different, you know, we all learn different ways. And sometimes uh, a reality check sometimes need to happen for them to kind of like to wake up. And um, it's a cold balance, though, man. I'll tell you that. I really don't have like a straight, definitive answer for that. It's just something that you just got, you feel, you feel out, mm-hmm. and you do your best. You know, and you know, if your intention is to do your best, man, um, 
You gotta you gotta live with that. Okay. How how would you say? Uh, well, first of all, what do you know about like mental health? Um, if I to, if I to say like oh, on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. like really trying to dive into it, I know little. Yeah. Um, like I know of it. I know you know a bit about it, but I don't know like the full full on uh, technical things about it like the verbiage and you know yeah. the vocabulary and stuff about it but um i do know a little you know like a one in ten i would say like a four okay you know and that's exactly why i am at a point where i'm pursuing this yeah because i'm, I'm definitely seeing it when um i know something ain't, ain't right and how we are diagnosing and how we supporting and serving and um something ain't something ain't, ain't adding up mm-hmm. and so uh for me um i know that i need to get more uh um equipped yeah, you know, because I know all my kids. I know that there is, <clears throat> I know mental health is a part of it. I think, shoot, we all we all deal with you know some form of uh, mental health. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Okay, so what's your track in grad school? What do you mean? So like you you can take so like so like my track was Pleco. Um, what what does Pleco mean? Like professional leadership and community organizations. Oh, uh, right. So yeah, that's something that's still kind of you know new to me. It's the um, family, no youth, youth and families. Because if okay. you do, I think it's the same thing. If you do Pleco, I think it's a, the same. You mean um, your focus? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the families, youth. I think it's the families and youth. Because um, it, yeah, it's like three mm-hmm. or something like that. There's the leadership one, um, and there's the youth and families, and then there's like a another real clinical like technical one yeah um yeah the yeah. clinical track which yeah. i think i mean to, to be honest like uh the pleco is not really going to give you like the the like tools to like sound wordy when it comes to like uh mental health right it gives you an overview like i i have a dsm-5 just because like you know i just want to like know some terms and like know how to like diagnose but it's like right it's like i feel like you already kind of know like like you know one of the key aspects of dealing with somebody who has mental health issues and yeah. treating them is like yeah. you got to be a relationship you yeah. got to be you got to have that kind of be able to build a relationship you got to be able to um you got to be able to like you know um build rapport be honest with them be transparent you know because you can know all the words in the world you know right you know but if you ain't got those if you got those you know th- those kind of like personable skills down pack right you can diagnose all day but as you really like so that's the thing i think as a society we're good at diagnosing but it's like once we do that and we know what's what's, what's going on what's what's wrong mm-hmm. we don't know how to treat or support yeah. you know what i mean Definitely. i've been in positions where i've uh some people didn't like transition some students to me and they didn't give me really the background of what was going mm-hmm. on i just really based off of how my interventions were and just really, you know, being authentic, you know, they end up telling me like, oh, wow, this student is doing so much better in a way that they, the perspective they have, not only do they feel better about themselves, but they felt better about just their placement in the world yeah. and just about like, you know, how to, you know, navigate, um, the world and school. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of times it, there is the, the technical side of like, the verbiage of mental health yeah. and that's all good and dandy like you mentioned you can name them you can say what it is mm-hmm. but at the end of the day okay good job you you yeah. named it now what 
Yeah. Now what? What now do we do? We, yeah, because how do we, we figure it out? Yeah, I believe you know most of the things that I've I've kind of come in contact with, man. I mean, it's it's, it's I don't believe medication is all the answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, do we really believe that? Oh, we don't have the the people skill, the the supports in place to really make this work from a, a person point of view. But we'll throw in. You know, it's, it's like not having manpower. Yeah. And so you throw out the, the meds. And um, this is just kind of like firsthand experience that I've kind of just witnessed. Like, um, is there any other thing that we can try first, you know, before mm-hmm. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, because I then, you know, you. you may start seeing some kids self-medicate. And you're like, so we know that the other thing didn't work, but they're doing this. And it seems to be helping. So maybe we should have took a different track and maybe we mm-hmm. should have, like, tried this and this and that. Not saying they should be self-medicating, but <laughs> yeah, for them to feel pushed to do that. Mm-hmm. Let you know that you know the first option wasn't working. Yeah, you know. Okay, I feel that. Um, how does race play into your practice? How does it play in my practice? Well, again, I guess I, I am in a. I feel like I'm in a, in a blessed situation because if it wasn't for my own experience, man, I don't think that I would have. I don't think I would see things the same. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that I know now and the things that I've been through, it was it was a lot of stuff that went over my head. Yeah. And I feel like, yes, we have made some strides. Um, when we talk about, you know, in the education sector, um, first thing you think about, okay, education. Are we really educating? Mm-hmm. What is educating? You know, there's like indoctrination, then there's like education. And so when I look at like race and how we are we really making sure that everybody is getting an equal opportunity for the same education? And so when I ask that question and I start feeling and if I can't answer that or and if I'm asking some, you know, uh, administrator and I'm looking at data and I'm asking as a whole. Yeah. From our every staff within the building, if we can't answer that with a straight answer, then yeah, we gotta look at we gotta look at race. Yeah. You know, um, I think some people, you know, obviously get uncomfortable in trying to do their practices, and they and they they don't want to, they want to feel like they're doing the right thing, and you know, integrity and doing things with fidelity. But it's like at the end of the day. You know, we all have our implicit bias, yeah. and it's up to us to really train ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not having someone else train us—it's cool to hear someone else, you know, train you. Yeah. But I've been in a lot of positions, man, where um, I had to really own some of that stuff, man. I had to train myself, like, really continue to train my my mind, man, because I mean, it's it's the generation, man. These kids are continuing to evolve, and mm-hmm. I feel like if we have educators not trying to evolve and still cooking up the same old stuff, yeah, I mean. Technology is still moving. Yeah, we got to move with it. That's true. Kids are, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> we got, you know, things that are considered smartphones. You know yeah. what I'm saying. And so, but do we have what you would call smart folks handling it? Oh. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so I, I, I started noticing, you know, kids would be real smart with them, with them phones. Yeah. But then I feel like sometimes, and within a classroom, when we talk about race, we got to look at what's intriguing, what's interesting, what's really going to get 
our kids moving in a way that they want to learn. And so when you talk about race, you talk about cultural differences, you talk about different ways kids learn, mm-hmm. I've noticed that we try to have a universal learning method of like curriculum that really only is interesting to certain kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I look at um, like for instance, like math, it, it probably never going to change. It is what it is. You know, yeah. one math plus is math. Yeah, yeah, math is math. <laughs> um, science depends how you spin it. Yeah. You know, um, but when we talk about you know literature, English, when you talk about things that you could put different twist on it throughout history, and this is why history is so important, is because if you dumb it down, water it down, or you know, it's not really. Um, it's not truthful in a way that really gets kids thinking. Um, you're not you're not going to get anywhere. And so when I talk about when I look at race and I look at my practice and and when I'm I'm helping you know kids with their homeworks and all that and they they have questions about you know certain historical figures and they and they ask questions like well you know hey did you know did black folks come from slavery? When I have a high schooler asking me a question like that, that bothers yeah. me. Okay, why? bothers me because it's throughout their experience in school mm-hmm. while all of a sudden they're asking that question as a high schooler as a teenager when it's something they probably should have learned early age yeah so what do you think that does to their their mental state as a as a as a person that rep, you know represents as a, a black person if they say that oh you know ask a question did black folks come from slavery i mean if I were to ask you, you know, hey, Chris, you know, um, if you had a starting point in your life, do you are you comfortable with saying that you started from slavery? Yeah, I'm not. Com- I, I, I don't want no parts of that. I feel you. But there is that piece before that. Yeah. that I think that doesn't get really touched on. So, again, when I when I look at my practice, um, I really don't when um i have a, a plethora of different um, kids, you know, that I work with and I don't it don't never it don't never dawned it never dawned on me that like oh i'm um you know i gotta treat this kid a little bit different because he's you know he's white or i gotta treat this kid a little bit different because you know they say they're they're arab or whatever yeah. it's you gotta come in with a, a authentic feeling and knowing that you're there for their best interest mm-hmm. and and like i said if they can trust you then you know you can start diving into some of the differences that you guys may have in common may not that's yeah. the beautiful thing about like i, I think about the diversity and stuff um if if you have that in your in your in your place like one of the schools that i've been at it's been some some beautiful you know uh different kids that i've worked with and i mean the the things that we've we don't have in common i mean it's it's been such a, a beautiful experience for me so when i look back at my practice um just trying to be authentic as I can, but also staying true and um knowing that their experience and whatever they've been through in life or the differences that they have is real yeah. and i don't i don't you know try to sugarcoat it and say oh that's not that experience doesn't affect them or how they learn in the classroom mm-hmm. you know so you definitely got to take <clears throat> you got to take things in um consideration but that's again it's based off relationships mm-hmm. you know okay so you, i heard you mention uh race and mental health do do you think that that's uh, that social work in you I got a little I got a little bit of skills, man. I got a little bit of skills. Just a little bit. But uh <laughs> do you think uh race and like generational trauma connect? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still doing my homework. Um 
you know, and I, and I know that there's people out there that, you know, react, you know, emotionally and, and you got people, who, you know, kind of go off logic, you know, and I'm a, I'm a little bit of, I've, I've kind of found myself kind of like growing up, I used to be, you know, I used to react everything like emotionally because like something hit home for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like once you start really digging into this stuff and doing your own research and your reading and the more you know, you know, it's like almost like, wow, like stuff just starts to click and make sense. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I feel like before I started really getting into the whole education side of things, when I go back off of like my own experience and some of the questions that I would ask, and, and even if my like parent couldn't really ask it, but it was some of the same things that they were experiencing. And so they asked their parent, and I'm talking to my grandma, and, and it's like, oh, I experienced some of that same stuff. Like if we want to throw depression out there, I think depression hits people differently. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's something that you cannot I- explain, but it's like a plethora of things that just kind of bubble up in you, you know, and and we all handle it different. But one mm-hmm. thing I've noticed about just kind of like, again, within my own experience and just like within my family and just having conversations uh, with uh, uh, my grandma and everything, you know, it's one thing that I've noticed about, you know, black folks when it comes to depression or just mental health is that is you don't you don't seek help. You know, yeah. you hold it in, you get through it, you mm-hmm. know, you just kind of, you keep grinding. Um, it's almost that survival instincts kicks in. It's like, you know, you will get through it. Yeah. We'll deal with it. This is nothing. This is, you deal with it. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it is, it's dangerous to just to hold on to that and not get help. Yeah. But it, guess what? And we've been doing that for, but dip, man, for generations. Yeah, you know. So I think back and I think back about in this country, if, we are descendants of folks who went through from physical, emotionally, mental. I mean, you. I mean, name it. Yeah. It's, depression is probably really low on the list of some of the stuff that they mm-hmm. went through. But I'm sure it was there. Yeah, like my they, feeling. Ain't, ain't, they they probably yeah. didn't have the terminology. They yeah. probably didn't know oh, you depressed. No, I'm sure they had some deep rooted stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They didn't get help. So when they have kids. You know what I'm saying? That stuff is hereditary and, you know, the trauma that they yeah. pass on. Yep, yep, Guess what? Yep. Again, you're not getting support. Mm-hmm. You pass it on. Another generation, you're not getting support. You know, um, I, I've never seen in a, whether it's a documentary, historical book of, of whether it's a, a slave, uh, a free man sitting there talking to a therapist. Yeah. And saying, you know what? How was your day? How, how has the past affected you? Mm-hmm. It's funny because I was actually having a conversation um, Scott to Jim And I don't even know how we got on it But uh, something was on the TV And he mentions how he got tired of people You know, bringing up You know, uh, uh, slavery and history uh, And how, uh, you know, us as of today You know, we didn't experience that stuff You know, I was like, man, that's a You know, that's an interesting view, viewpoint, you know Yeah um, And then I just asked him um, You know, so what do you, what do you think If I said, why do you think, so if you were to just call me out of my name and just like call me the N-word, why would you think that would affect me? Yeah. I may have not ever experienced none of that stuff, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not one black person I know that could sit there and watch. If we really went thorough and really authentic with some of the imagery and like how Michaels was treated, Mm. not just, not just words, because words is deadly, you know what I mean? But I'm talking about like the physical stuff. Like I remember... When I really started like learning about uh, just you know slavery and stuff, it was in high school. And I remember watching uh, Roots, and I remember watching uh, 
Rosewood, and that that lit a fire under me. Yeah, and it was like, where is this emotion? Where is this emotion coming from? Yeah, why is this boiling? Mm-hmm. And you start getting mad, and you just like, and it's and so. At the end of the day, you look at your skin color and you look at yourself like, so I was treated because of this and something that I cannot change. Yeah. And so it affects you because you look down and it's something that you cannot change. If, if someone were to tell you in this day and age, if you, if you felt like I could change my skin tone, right? At any given moment, it's almost like, you know, code switching. Yeah. You know, we can, we can do it. With our, uh, our language but if you start if, if you could code switch with your skin, <laughs> your skin <laughs> in, in certain situations yeah I'm I would do uh, it I would do it definitely, uh, <laughs> you know. but I say that to say that I mean they mental health and race there's there's something about it some way somehow I don't have all the factual data but just based off experience and people I've been talking to I mean I met a, a young lady uh, who her uh, grandfather uh, recently passed, and he was uh, he was actually part of the whole you know Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And she was saying like just from hearing the stories how it was affecting her. Yeah. But she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And it bothered her to the point where she was uh, talking to her grandma. She was like, you know, grandma, what what uh, what did you do to really get through to this? She was like, I kept talking to people, mm-hmm. I kept getting support, I kept getting help. And so that lets me know, like, so if you talk to a people who don't believe in getting support, I'm not saying don't believe, but you may not even have the the means, the insurance, yeah, none of that. So yeah. guess what? You may be scared as hell to go in the hospital. You may be scared to feel and think that, I mean, how is this person going to treat me if I come and talk to him about my issues, my problems, or mm-hmm. something that I feel like is deep-rooted? It's deep, man. Yeah. It's deep. Like, I, there's so many things, man, that I didn't, I, I should have... Um, definitely tackled when I first started experiencing but I did not held on to it mm-hmm. because that stuff passed down to me that you just keep grinding keep yeah. surviving I mean how long we been surviving I mean perseverance is a mother like but it's yeah, it's deep you know yeah. what I'm saying uh, but we're resilient people man but there is some adjustments and some differences um, that we gotta start and jump on I definitely think it's a correlation man it it just is um, and, and, and lived experience man will do that to you when you're in a triggering space based off someone's beliefs or implicit bias or something on how they treat you there's yeah. some triggering spaces especially in this country definitely i've i've i mean i've had a uh there's some there's some hard spaces to be into like uh you know what i mean you know what i'm saying like just to just to kind of like just to take it just take up space in the in somewhere that really doesn't feel welcoming Absolutely, you know that can. Uh, you want to check out, right? Your yeah. first instinct is like, uh, back up. You just want to, you want to get out for real. But guess what? In, in order to kind of just keep pushing forward, you know, you need to move forward. You stick it out, right? Mm-hmm. But then you still hold on to it. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be careful if you take that home, taking that into the world. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, yeah. it's, it's hard, and I think that's what a lot of times people don't understand. Mm-hmm. This stuff is real. Yeah, and I feel know? like. Uh, I feel like more than anything, like just like observing the world now, I feel like our mental is causing like, I mean, of course, like the food we eat stuff is causing like our early deaths. Absolutely. But more of the mental, but it's like a cycle, you know, it's like we do those things because, you know, we're not really mentally, you know, we, we hold, we hold a lot of stuff. Hold on to it, man. It's not healthy. You know what I'm saying? And that turns into the diet, exercise, how we, you know, I mean, I think it's getting better, but as far as like. 
you know, overall, like, you know, because there's a lot of uh, poor people, you know, that are obese. Mm-hmm. You know, they eat. Because they got to do what they got to do. You know, and they eating the same thing, you know. And, and you know that, you know, um, they eating the same thing from, from generations. And you know what you eat really affects your mental, too. So I just feel like, you know, it's like a mental, physical, it's just a, a cycle, you know, like if you're fortunate enough to make it out, but then when you're fortunate enough to make it out and probably be able to go see a therapist, you probably don't, you still don't, you know, you just, you just tough it up, you tough it out, you know, but I, I mean, I, I think in, in our community, you know, therapy is getting, a, is getting a better rap. I still don't think it gets the, you know, like the press it does get, but there's like, if you... You know, there's a few, there's a few big figures that's talking about it. You know, so I think it's getting a little more, like a little more positive press. But right. at the same time, you know, like the people that need it probably ain't gonna do it, or probably won't get it. Yeah, based off like someone's insurance not being taken or something like that. You know, I feel like, um, you know, if I'm able, not gonna if I'm able in a position to where, you know, I could provide it on like a sliding scale. I'm definitely gonna do it, you know. Be, uh, yeah, because it's just necessary. It is. You know? It is. Um, I mean, the, the day you know, at each and every day when you wake up, that's your, that's your mental health. What are you thinking when when you like, man? I don't want to go to work. I don't want to get up right now. I mm-hmm. feel like this. I feel like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your mental your mental health and just your mental well being, man. It's so deep. Um, and it's just trippy, man, because like I said, I, I just didn't think about it, man, until I really started digging into research and having access to, like, I mean, it's crazy, just the internet and everything that we have access to, man, got to take yeah. advantage of it. And the more I the more I just started learning, man, the more I just started, like, just started freaking out, man, because I was like, dang, like, you know, and everything happens for a reason, man. I'm, yeah. like, in this position for a reason, and um, I definitely feel like there's some changes I could have done man to to be better and i'm like man why did i react that way why was i doing this you know most of the time man you're doing shit out of out of pain yeah and not even realizing especially as a as a man you know just kind of being taught man you don't you don't speak out your feelings you know you don't don't Mm -hmm. be emotional you know don't don't cry you know what i mean so it's it's been times growing up just holding on to so much man and that's hard too yeah oh absolutely you know, that's, so, that's a hard shit. Can't wait till you have a, a damn mental breakdown, man, because should I have you up in the hospital? For real. Um, I, I, I know shit is still going on in this country, but there was a time when, like, shit was really booming. Like, like every time I turn the news on, I seen, like, a black dude getting shot by, by the police or like that. Right. Or, like, you know, just, it, it didn't, like, didn't had dealing with that and then going to different spaces and dealing with that kind of racism. And that kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? I remember I remember I had was working with a kid and he was scared. Like he was a he's a young black kid. He was scared. He was he was scared he's gonna get shot. Just you know, just because it was hard, you know what I'm saying? And so right. but I said that said this, like, how did you deal with like all that kind of trauma that the news and society was kind of like pushing? You know what, Chris man, I appreciate you just even bringing that up because I was uh I was having a conversation, um with my wife the other day and like it's been I, I noticed there's been times where like and it's one of the reasons I just I, I try not to watch the news but sometimes you look at certain you know whether it's all networks certain agendas propaganda whatever, mm. whatever you feel like it is there's a certain narrative when you when they showcase uh, 
you know a shooting of a of a black man you know usually they, they make sure that they you know oh a black man was shot by a white officer yeah. unarmed and that is that that's i think the more infuriating thing is that when you mention an unarmed black man was shot by a police officer and that's maybe that's the title but when you even have video footage and it's just getting you thinking because you like there's always we have video footage right and mm-hmm. there's that feeling of like okay could there, could there have been some things different that didn't happen that probably could have saved his life could you know there's always different speculations and questions and everything that you start asking yourself and i start feeling like you know what man at the end of the day when i when i really dig deep and i ask questions about like you know as citizens as taxpaying citizens you know there's you just have, you have certain rights and when i look at like um public servants you know uh yeah, you know, they, they put their lives out there on the line, but I also feel like what is exactly your job? You know, mm-hmm. what what is it? You know, what it like when you really think about it, it is protect. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you allow the court system, you allow all that to be judge jury to find you guilty, you know, and I just feel like again, it, it goes back to how when I think about that stuff, it just goes back to how like when you start questioning yourself, like, damn, am I really valued? Because if anybody can just, when you could take a life and you could shoot and someone dies like that, and you're like, again, everything is almost like full circle, but it just has a different spin on it. So yeah. when people say, you know, stop bringing up the history, stop the past, you know, things, you know, we're moving forward. Absolutely. But there is so much rich things that have happened in the past that you still see to this day. And mm-hmm. that is, do you value yeah. Everybody. Again, we were considered what three three fourths of a person of a human. Not two really fifths, two fifths something. Like you know, yeah. but not full. That's yeah. all I know. Yeah. So again, you know, if you can be shot down like that, man, I mean it's been days where like I watch something, it'll 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 get under my skin and it's just like, I mean, you know, what are we doing? Should we should we be in a position, man, where we gotta teach every, you know, black person a how to conduct themselves? Mm-hmm. Should it be that way? Cause I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see personal experience, yeah. <laughs> and just you know, through online, I seen a lot of stuff, man. Where other different um, ethnic groups, man, you know, do some things, and it just worked out differently. But it, it, it it's definitely triggering, you know. Um, any, if anybody, if you ask anybody that they've seen, you know, someone being shot in person before, I'm sure it's a triggering, yeah, trauma, traumatic. Yeah. event for them and so for me i've had you know some some of those traumatic events and so to see something even online that's so graphic it's like mm-hmm. it's it just it makes you feel some type of way yeah you know and i'm sure that every um i'm sure plenty of us you know feel some type of way in different in different ways yeah uh, but that's just that's just the the news and the shooting and unarmed black man and all that stuff that's going on the protest right all that right that's one thing and then in your daily life whether it's work mm-hmm. going to work leaving work at work um that's a whole nother thing you know these these microaggressions man um Covert invert racism. I mean, I mean, the more you understand, you start learning, educating yourself, man. Like this stuff, really, it does not go over your head. It's blank, like it's it's dead in your face. Yeah. And then you got to think of how you handle that situation because you can. Yep, because you can get your ass in trouble. Mm-hmm. But right. I always think about why do other people don't have to think like that, think that way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I know uh, when that shit was happening for me, I kind of had to. 
I mean, I don't want to sound jaded, but I kind of had to like uh, disengage a little bit, you know. And I would have conversations with you know with the people at my at my job at the time and things and things like you know if he if he if he doesn't run, he won't get shot. Those kind of things come up, you know. But yeah. then it's like, well, you know, I kind of I like I can understand that, you know. But at the same time, I can't understand how. You know, I'm. I watch. TV, I watch the news, and I see like a white dude slapping the police, and you know, Man. and they and they chasing them Facts. around. You know, Facts. That I've kind seen of it. stuff. You Spit. know, so spitting face, all that kind of cussed shit. out. So it's like it's just hard because it's like, it, and then people bring up stats like, well, you know, like only like three percent of whatever, whatever. But it's like, well, shit. If if one black person get killed, that's one too many because I'm <laughs> black. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, so right. like, I don't want to be in them in them in them stats. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so. And like you said earlier, with the implicit bias, I feel like because we always been kind of looked at like superhuman. You know, yep, black people yep. always kind of look at like dangerous. You know, yep. what I'm saying like don't let them get a don't let them get an open fist because yeah. we're something different. You know, what I'm saying because you know, and that's just because we strong. You know, like and we, we just we just strong, because, and not because we want to be tough. That's just. No, you know, you're right. There's still studies as of today, still trying to figure out, man, our athletic abilities. Why is it so different? Why mm-hmm. Why are we considered so like? Up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that shit is crazy. I heard a deep theory about that. <laughs> I was like, damn. Uh, somebody has said uh, because um, because they used to breed us in slavery for, like, you know, super, you know, yeah. like, you know, to get the mass production. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how that happened because they was breeding the best. So that, that so shit, like, yeah, that, they <laughs> had the little entertainers of those, uh, for, uh, they call them the, the, the Mendingos, the little fight, yeah. the fight outs, man, and, and whooping each other's asses. Those, those but they would never, I, I, they would never put a white dude in that. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like they knew they didn't want nothing, nothing to do with that. <laughs> of course not. You so. know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, that shit had me. I mean, I was, I was. I was feeling it like especially man I, I just had to disengage you know and, and yeah you be feeling some type of way you be sitting there and just ain't ain't really in the mood yeah you just ain't ain't in the mood man um and, and especially like especially if you didn't have some personal experience with the law enforcement mm-hmm. and it wasn't cool it's like they teach like you get taught like okay you do have rights okay you telling me I do as an yeah. American citizen I have rights okay but guess what only certain people get to use them Mm-hmm. If I get to using it, that means I'm a smart ass. Yeah. If I don't, then guess what? If I start even getting nervous, even if I, because I, I'm the type of person when I get nervous, man, you know, my voice gets cracking and everything. Yeah. If that happens, I'm lying. See? It's like, no, nah, motherfucker, you just make you you making me nervous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's, it's a cold trip, man. I mean, when you got mass shooters and police know that there's dead bodies, that this person is armed and everything, I've, I've to be. Um, to, to be able to take them in uh, custody alive, yeah. Um, alive. I, I just it just it just for me it's like just be consistent. Yeah. Who's really dangerous? Mm-hmm. You know, when you got a situation like that, it's like, especially when it's more than one cop. When I see one, when I see a, a black dude run away, and he gets shot in his back, or you ask him, you know, to go get his wallet, and he goes for it. You start lighting him up. Yeah. I mean, and, and and one I seen on the floor really trying to help an autistic kid. You fire off after he's trying to talk to you. Comedy. I've seen that. You, and I'm, the, I'm telling you, man. You can be. Why did bri- you shoot me? Why did you like, shoot me? I don't me. know. Whether you're, they tell you, and I remember being told this. If you you know pick up your bootstraps, work hard, stay out of trouble, 
Yeah. Be this way, be that way. You don't got to worry about that. That's bullshit. Some people don't have boots. That's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's why a lot of, like, when I hear even some black folks say, like, man, like, well, do this and this and this, man, to really try to code switch and be on that side. I'm like, so what you're saying is I got to lose myself fully to be kind of taken in and to be treated a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it to try to lose myself as a black man and still get treated like, hey, I just want you to know you are educated. You got your master's and everything. But guess what? You still what you are. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so for me, man, it's a cold balance. You know, don't don't tell me, man, to, to say yes, sir, no, sir, to be super polite. But a cop still telling me to shut up. And I, I if I yeah. have rights, and I'm just asking, what did you pull me over for? Mm-hmm. And you stalling, you stalling, you tell me it smells like weed. Bro, I don't need what, really? And I have rights, but guess what? I want to go home. Yeah. So I'm going to just do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, nurse. So you can search the car even if you ain't got a damn warrant. Yeah. Nothing. It's all good. Just go ahead, man, because I want to go home. Yeah. So that's 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 the reality. Yeah. I feel that. I know. Uh, I was talking to my uh, one of my old buddies, you know, and we had this clip. And there was this clip of this white woman uh, going off on this cop. And I was like, well, you know, that narrative would be different if it was black. And he was like, well, you know, if she was black. He, he, he was like, well, I don't really agree because every cop isn't racist. And to the point, I was like, okay, I, I get that. You're right. Every cop is not racist. You're right. Mm-hmm. But we do have implicit bias. You know, That's real. That, that to me, it's like, like you don't have to be racist, but you know that there's, there's something that triggers a response. You know, like, I might Absolutely. be cool with, you know, whoever, you know, but if I know that in my back of my head, oh, shit, you know, when I heard when the Hispanics... Get you know, get a little drunk, they get crazy. If see? that's in the back of my head, and see? I'm with a whole bunch of Spanish, we laughing and chilling, but I see one you going a little too far. It's already coming out. You know, I'm spooked. Now I'm hella spooked because I because I know what I heard. You know what I'm saying? But I said that to say this: there are certain like professions that I don't like. That um, the excuse not every one of them is racist don't work for me. Police is one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't need no racist cops, no racist teachers. I don't need no racist fucking uh, anything that like that, no no racist doctors. Right, all these different you know institutions. You know anything that 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 affects the, that I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like I gotta go to a doctor. I gotta get educated. You know, when, when I need the police, I need the police. You know, right. So like those things, I don't need to. Well, they're not all. No, you can't. You, there, there can't be none. You know, what I'm saying there. I don't need any of those. So you know how they say, like, you know, oh well, you know, when when black on black crime happens, oh well, you do that who you live by. Yeah. And, I, and I, when I say that, I say, well, it's the same thing for white folks. White folks live by the white folks. So guess what? If the narrative on the news and TV is building these biases amongst black people, so if there's a doctor, a lawyer, a cop, a judge, whoever, don't have no experience about being around no black people. Mm-hmm. But all his experience and his education is getting from the news. And I'm, it ain't no telling what news it is. Yeah. But if they getting that, that's all they know. And all of a sudden, like, you moving on up, you moving on up. That tone pole and you get to live in a nice neighborhood and you you living amongst white folks, they ain't never had no experience with you. Okay, you go to that doctor that, that lives out in that nice neighborhood. He ain't never had no yeah. experience. But guess what? He got that bias about what he didn't heard, mm-hmm. didn't been told something. Yeah. So he may be kind of, you know, a little bit indifferent. He might make it, you pay up front. You know? So again, <laughs> when we when we start, when they talk about segregation, integration. Yeah. Segregation at one point was probably the best thing. But when I look at integrating, 
we started going into these white neighborhoods and being amongst mm-hmm. them. And so when I say when I when I do hear like all oh, aren't all of them not racist, whatever, okay. But have all of them had experience or want to have experience, you know, with different groups outside of them. Most of them want to just be keep to themselves. Yeah. And that's fine. But don't tell them that all of them ain't racist because I'm damn sure there's some damn biases. We all have that. Yeah. And to not be honest about that, man, is 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 BS. And so to have, you know, the honest conversation about like, you know, all cops aren't, you know, all judges aren't. I mean, this is some powerful positions. Yeah. When there's a man that can sit there and sit there and tell you be in control of pretty much your life continue the fate of your life that's yeah. scary to me but as a cop a judge a, a, a lawyer doctors whatever because if, if, if i'm telling a doctor man like i'm having some chest pain man i'm telling you what i'm feeling and his educated guess is i'm gonna put you on this medication because it seemed to work better on african-americans what does that mean mm-hmm Somebody's yeah. been a guinea pig, been test subjects or something like that. So how did it work? So what you're going to tell me is that it works on all African-Americans. So so how do you know that? Okay, I'm taking it, but I'm still feeling this chest pain. So now what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it goes back to not just biases, but some of the things that are already in their heads about like, not not I'm going to personally go and meet this person, but I'm already going to have something in my mind before I even say anything to this person. Yeah, it's already, you know? already doctored up. So, you know. So, I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> when I would, when I dropped my daughter off at daycare, I totally judged this kid. That was that was there. I believe you. <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, I, was like, I, got, I got too many experience with kids that look like you. <laughs> I was kind of nervous. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to, you know. I don't know if I want to leave my daughter here. With That's what I mean like by training yourself. Cause we got it too. But I man, I still look at it. I was like, a little white it. kid with a little, little funny haircut. Like, <laughs> you got to stay I'm, sharp, man. man. That's what I'm, I mean. We all got it, man. But yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't know. Part of that, man. We all do it. So, uh, what are you expecting to get out of grad school? You know, really. Um, I think when you brought it up earlier, man, just kind of the really the mental health part and really I want to be able to not just identify and and diagnose, but really try to find ways to how do I really support, you know, our kids that are really experiencing these different things? Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I have so much in my toolbox, but I can always grow and always become a better, you know, professional um, our educator and I just feel like for me it'll it'll give me some extra things in the toolbox um, you know just to, just to stay sharp and really get to the technical side of it because um, for me I've, I've always had that battle of like you know lived experience versus like being licensed yeah you know and some people feel like you know it goes hand in hand some people feel like it don't um, but man it, it's, a, it's a great it's great if you got both. That's true. You know, so for me, I, I really want to get into that being licensed and really, um, you know, where 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 whoever I'm working with or wherever I'm collaborating with, they can actually believe that I know what I'm doing. Okay, I feel that. You know what I'm saying? Because you even got that licensure, that piece of paper. <laughs> 
you know, you get that look, um, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, why are you in here? Not saying they say that, but the look yeah. and, you know, some of the little microaggressions and sometimes, you know, you know, but you've been doing this work long enough to know, like, yeah. you know what that feeling is like. And so I just want to be able to stay sharp, man, and continue yeah. to uh, improve. Yeah, some of us uh, super... You know, post grad professionals, we could be a little. Yeah, you've been a little bougie we too. We be a little jaded. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we can be a little. We can definitely give you a look like, especially if you say yeah, something who like, "Who are you? What is your criticism? Yeah. What is it, you know, what is it?" You know? <laughs> I ain't really. I mean, I ain't really stunted that hard on nobody because I because I know when I went to grad school, my whole goal was just to get that piece of paper. I was like, I already know pretty much everything I need to know. Yeah. And this school ain't gonna teach me anything else really that's gonna be pivotal. There is there are some things that. That I did pick up, but um, but other other anatomy it was I mean it was it is but it, it is what it is. I met you know my guy Ramon you know in there he was uh, you know we me and him did you know we held it down together we held each other down you know uh, but as far as like the work the work is super stereotypical yeah. <laughs> like you know you know like we do case studies it's usually like about a black kid or a latina family with a pregnant 16 year old See, and i'm just yeah or something like that. About that you know it's like it's super you know just like again are we evolving you see what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. are we evolving like we like you know the same bubblegum set man like so. so there's a lot of that kind of shit um i remember i took a class called uh racial disparities and I hated the class because I, I told the professor like this class is this class is really like from like a white person's eyes and that's fine. I'm not mad at that, but I'm saying don't you have like a different something for like another set of eyes, you know, from like because I feel like this world I mean this curriculum, I really like I wasn't pushed to do anything. Like it was so easy. I mean I ain't mad it was it was easy, but I was like you ain't really, you ain't really like break me off of no, no, no knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I didn't really. So that makes you think about that. that. Makes you think about just overall the thing that you said, like whose eyes, the perspective, who yeah. really. So think about this overall, our whole damn school history of curriculum mm-hmm. from whose eyes this coming from? Mm-hmm. Who's it really meant for? Yeah. And so when you dig deep into it and you look at like you know who are really educating, this is why you have disparities. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the different eyes, the different curriculum that's really going to push every, and they go back to your question too about how you look at your practice, how race plays a role in it. Yeah, it damn sure plays a role because when you look at high schools and you look at whatever school in general, mm-hmm. whether it's a charter, private, whatever, and it goes back to like what I uh, mentioned, inter- integrating and segregation. When you look at certain people, you know it's why we got like. The black church, black schools. Yeah. You know, when you look at these things, and you got certain, um, certain group of people who who may go to a historically black college, um, you meet one of them as a professional. Mm-hmm. Man, they 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 speak different. They 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 different because what they learn and who they learned it from. You know what I'm saying? They probably went their whole life really listening to someone teaching them that didn't look like them. You know, and that perspective wasn't for them, um, but being able to be in a position of how do we challenge professors, the curriculum, how do we challenge these things, man, to make sure that we learning the things that we need to learn to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, we're at an age and, you know, when you go to college, 
sometimes shit out of high school, man, you're not really taught to question shit like that. You just kind of do it. You deal with it. I definitely feel like I was it was it was dumbed down. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, man. I am. Um, I, I definitely don't want to be that guy to be to question too much man when i start i i just yeah. kind of want to feel my way through i kind of want to just kind of it's funny because when i thought about it i was like i definitely want to be that student who sits in the first three rows or whatever because i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be on it but man i i kind of want to go back to that stereotypical thing going to back going to back <laughs> it just it kind of watch everybody because i don't want to be that token noob man and every time something about blackness show up man i'm a spokesman or something and everybody look at you like you got the answers like no i want to hear what y'all got to say that was uh one part of grad school too that i was kind of getting tired of was like the re-traumatizing assignments of like you know i'm glad you mentioned that man that re-traumatized man come on man i was facts like i like man like y'all gotta chill with reposting some of this (laughs) shit because i really don't want to see this shit every day you know what i'm saying like this is this is kind of how i'm this how i get down this is how i live so if y'all could like not like use like my trauma as like your enlightened moment, you know? right? Right. Oh, we're yeah. learning from this, really. Yeah, like motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not here. Like, come on, man, for real. Like, can we can we chill? You know, it's bad enough. I need get you know support treatment for yeah. this. <laughs> y'all, yeah, for y'all, fucking amusement. You know, you know <laughs> what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah. So like, you know, like if I had an epiphany about some some shit, I had biases about. You know, I wouldn't go to class and be like, oh, this is what I f- go to the details about how fucked up my shit was before and now it is how I came out. Right. You know, I would try to check myself, like, you know, because that, that could be retreated. Da- yeah, it's you dangerous. Know? You know? But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you sitting down with your boy. You know no doubt. How about your boy? Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, I'm much success in grad school. It is a grind. Oh, man, fuck that, man. You know I'm going to be on you. Oh. You know I'm going to be on your line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you're live, baby. I appreciate it. Hey, we, Definitely, uh, we, I'm gonna need all the support. We, um, we I can get so. right. Thank you. Yes, sir. And uh, so, like I say, every time we uh, leave, y'all get at me on hip hop social worker at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter, HA Social Work. I'm on Instagram, hip hop social worker pod. I'm on Facebook, just to look up hip hop social worker. You see my cover photo. And uh, yeah, if you. Sir.